You were born on August 4, 2114. You were 21 inches long and you weighed 7 pounds, 6 ounces. We are Watermen. I've been writing you letters every year on your birthday because it's important for you to know where you came from so you might know where we are going. Your great-great-grandfather, Brian Morrell, wrote letters to me every year from the year I was born until the year that he died in 2094. He worked in technology, the last of the family to do so. That was before the water jobs. My grandfather, Jeffrey Morrell, wrote letters too. And my father, Burnham Morrell, well, he just likes to tell you stories in person. Never was a man of letters. Brian Morrell came to Chicago way back when California burned, when the Southwest was only barely habitable. He came on a great tide of immigrants that melted into the city, like water disappears into the sand when the waves wash up on the shore. B as his friends called him, found work almost immediately. You might not think that would be easy for a black man in a new city with no family around him, but the droughts changed people, made them realize they needed each other to survive. People of every kind could find work in the water economy. The lakes were protected in those days by the Great Lakes St. Lawrence River Basin Water Resources Compact, which you no doubt know about from your history classes. But what they will not tell you is how the compact became our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and very soon, our Declaration of Independence. What they will not tell you is how we got from there to here. That is for me to do. B. Morrell started a small business making broadband receivers that lifted signals from towers that didn't reach the south side. This enabled people in his neighborhood of Ashburn to access the Internet, which he used to teach kids how to start their own water purification businesses. He also taught chess and cooking classes online because he thought people needed to eat better and play smarter. That man was a born educator. His son, Jeffrey Morrell, was born in 2033. He was the oldest of six brothers and two sisters. That not one of them went into technology or took up their daddy's business never bothered B much. He always had his eye on the future. Other men only saw money, but your great-great-grandfather must have seen you reflected back at him in that blue water every time he walked down on the shores of Lake Michigan. He moved the family out of Ashburn when the first water war broke out in 2042. He sold everything and moved them to a farm in northern Michigan. Jeffrey, or Jay as his friends called him, was the first in our family to work in water. He studied law and hydrogeology and helped the governments of Quebec and Ontario establish stronger water laws protecting the water of the Great Lakes Basin, as well as the rights of the basin states and provinces. His science proved that the Laurentine Great Lakes Basin was a singular entity, and he successfully mapped the watershed, providing the first definitive boundary of the basin. This allowed Toronto to create the first borders on the north side of the basin in 2050. 
Jeffrey must have seen you reflected in the lake as well, because he could have made a lot of money in a new economy like his father. But he chose science and law over profit. Jay left Michigan for Toronto. He met Miss Nana Asmal there. She was named after the great Nigerian poet and educator. Jay married her a month later despite his parents' objections. She was Muslim, and our family's new religion was water. Your great-grandfather wrote me a letter about his marriage, and this is what he said. There is an old saying about water and oil not mixing. My father told me not to marry Nana because she's oil and I'm water. But I told my father that old sayings don't belong in the future because if they were still true, then they would not be old sayings. Toronto is night and day different than the industrial heart of the basin in Michigan. Everything north and west of Toronto, all the way to the basin's boundaries, everything was protected from development to make sure the abundant rain and snowfall found its way back to the lakes unimpeded by man-made problems. While Chicago's population tripled, Michigan swelled with industry and millions came to the region to work in the water economy. Your great-grandfather Jay helped Toronto make a hard choice to shut down more than 3,000 farms from Essex-Kent to Georgian Bay in 2055 to protect the lakes from chemical runoff. History was not kind to him, but Grandpa Jay understood the bigger picture. He knew his own reputation didn't matter if the lakes had a sustainable source of fresh water for the future. Canada's immigration policy has always been a mess. So Toronto sealed Ontario's borders against further immigration in 2058 by using drone surveillance, natural barriers, and smart fences to keep new immigrants from entering the Great Lakes Basin from the north. The U.S. sealed its borders by building walls along its land boundaries and poisoning its coastlines with a type of chlorine gas that clung to beaches like thick fog and high traffic areas near the Mexican and Canadian contact points. In exchange for giving up its farms, Toronto gained a trade deal with Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York to supply its food and security. Ontario became a national park. The Great Lakes Basin was the most secure region anywhere in the world after the U.S. military followed the vital industry to the region in the 60s. Private companies paid for military upkeep and improvements when the Treasury Department and Congress failed to do so after dozens of government shutdowns. When the military needed new fighters to replace the aging fleet of neutrino F-62s, seven Great Lake Basin companies helped foot the $72 trillion bill. Loyalty always follows money. Your grandfather, Burnham Morrell, was born in 2059, while Jay was studying the way rainwater moved through the ground of southern Ontario to feed the Great Lakes watershed. Burnham was both water and oil. He grew up the son of a scientist who understood both the natural laws and the man-made laws, the son of a man who used the framework of each to preserve the lakes. Now, you might not know this, but your great-grandmother was a fiery poet and political activist in her day, and my daddy Burnham got more than a little of his mama's genes. Genetically, there was nowhere for your granddaddy to go but straight into the frying pan of politics. Burnham met your great-grandmother in Chicago, 
when he was in law school and she was lying low from the law after immigration protests in Toronto turned deadly. Your grandfather knew she was a risk to his career, but the oil part of him didn't care. Michigan completely sealed off its southern border with Indiana after squatters started setting up mobile home refugee parks and farm fields when the cities in the Ohio River watershed started regulating water. The Great Lakes Basin had the industry, the agriculture, and the military. The whole world was looking at the lakes with lust in their eyes. Water money made in the new economy made oil money look like charity, and the great sheikhs of Saudi Arabia looked like paupers. The names on the statues, streets, and water reclamation projects stretching from Minnesota to New York were new names in the great book of wealth. They are from families who came from nothing into everything. Your granddaddy Burnham helped write the Great Lakes St. Lawrence River Basin Water Resources Constitution, which helped the basin states get along together. These principles, they were very different from the Constitution of the United States of America. It downplayed race and creed because want of water washes away color, and creeds don't matter when you're dying of thirst. In 2080, Ontario, Quebec, and the eastern provinces seceded from the rest of Canada in a move that seemed to surprise everyone but your Grandpa Jay, because he worked to define the basin's hydrologic borders and stayed in touch with leaders there. Chicago walled itself off from the rest of Illinois after the Second Water War of 2082. Unlike Toronto, Chicago was dredged from the water, built on class boundaries, a refuge for people living marginalized lives in other places and the greatest chance for a new start anywhere in the world. I was born and raised in a Chicago just starting to find its way in the water economy, a city that finally eclipsed New York as the greatest city in the country. Your granddaddy was a hero in Chicago, your great-granddaddy a legend in Toronto. They were watermen, and in the basin, there wasn't a better thing to be. My father wanted me to experience parts of the basin outside of Chicago, so I studied engineering and politics at the University of Wisconsin. I got a master's in economics from the University of Minnesota when I was 23. Burnham started a political think tank called the League of Lakes, and I went to work as an analyst there straight out of college. I ran for the office of the newly created Lake Michigan Commissioner in 2116, one of five decision makers working between governors and legislatures of the Great Lakes states in Ontario. I ran unopposed because our work as watermen spoke for itself. While in office, I stretched the parameters of the job to include all water-based issues, as well as economic policies related to Chicago's standing in the basin. And when I left in 2118, it was second only to the mayor in prestige and power. You know the history from the books. Now you understand our family's role in all of this. How we have worked like a constant trickle of water over the hard rock of time to change the very face of the basin. How we arrived at this point. Your great-grandfather made water policy out of hard science. Your grandfather crafted the Great Lakes Constitution out of a 100-year-old agreement among eight states and two provinces. And now I sit here with a pen in my hand, about to turn that Constitution into a Declaration of Independence for the Basin. And all I can think about is you, and the future I'm handing over to you.
Secession is not the easiest route, nor the best route. No doubt, smarter men and women might have come up with a better solution than this. But the lakes are our responsibility. They are ours to protect for whatever future we have on this dry, floating rock through the cosmos. The military is ours. The agriculture is ours. The industry is ours. And most importantly, the water is ours. My dear daughter, all of our work, all of our hope lives in you. I hope this somehow explains why secession from the United States of America is the only way forward, why stripping you of your nationality and your heritage is necessary for the future of our family and our human family. We were Americans once. We are people of the lakes always. Love, your father, Titus B.J.B. Morrell, mayor of the city of Chicago and governor of the Basin District of Lake Michigan. (laughs) ¶¶ 